Sometimes you just want the quick facts. No opinions, no speculation. I'm Claire Thornton, an audio editor with USA Today. My team works around the clock to bring you the Five Things podcast. Every morning, me and my co-host Taylor Wilson help you know what to keep an eye out for that day. We always have a fresh mix of stories, from politics to entertainment to sports, covering all parts of the country. On Sundays, you can lean back with in-depth episodes about stories you may have heard earlier that week. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite shows and start listening to Five Things today. Welcome to Under the Dome, the State Journal Register's podcast about state government and politics. I'm Bernie Schomburg, the State Journal Register political writer and columnist. With me is Doug Finke, our statehouse guru, budget guru, and hopefully federal court guru now, because Doug over at the Statehouse, Mike Madigan, um, is named as public official A in yet another document. Why don't you fill us in? Well, this is basically a continuation of what we saw last summer when uh, Commonwealth Edison uh, had this deferred prosecution agreement with federal prosecutors for uh, allegedly trying to uh, win influence with House Speaker Michael Madigan by giving jobs and contracts to his associates. Uh, some of those jobs were no no work, no show types of things. Uh, Madigan at the time denied that he, he had engaged in any wrongdoing. Uh, that he never expected uh, people to uh, not be required to work if he recommended them for jobs, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Wednesday, uh, uh, the uh, additional indictments came down uh, against uh, Michael McLean, a former state lawmaker who is a very close associate of Michael Madigan, uh, two uh, former ComEd executives, and uh, Jay Doherty, who is a... Uh, uh, runs a consulting uh, operation in Chicago and uh, uh, was uh, I- involved in this whole process. And the prosecutors laid out uh, uh, the role that these individuals played in in uh, this whole process of trying to win uh, Madigan's favor by uh, getting people jobs and contracts and uh, and uh, payments. Uh, the, the one that's uh, really uh, interesting of the bunch, or at least it is to me, is uh, Michael McLean, um, uh, again, who is this uh, close associate of Madigan. Uh, if you read uh, both this uh, uh, indictment and the previous one that came out against ComEd, uh, Mr. McLean uh, acted as, as sort of an intermediary between the utility and Madigan and a lot of these, these deals. Um, so... Um, you know, if, if they're targeting him, you have to wonder if he'd be willing to cooperate uh, with the uh, the prosecutors in order to get leniency in his own case. Uh, he was asked last summer, a couple of reporters in Chicago tracked him down at a restaurant and uh, asked about his uh, cooperation with uh, the feds. And he got this kind of smirk on his face and said, well, they ask. And <laughs> pretty clear that he wasn't, at least at that time, cooperating with them. Yeah, well, he, and he, of course, had a lawyer put out a statement saying that the feds are just trying to criminalize usual back and forth of politics. Politicians find people jobs, this and that. And I know Mr. McLean has been around town because I said hi to him at a corner recently. We were in cars next to each other. And it's been, I used to cover him back uh, starting in the 70s when he was in the House. But um, 
he says he's done nothing wrong. It doesn't sound like he wants to cooperate because he's strongly saying he's innocent. We'll see what happens. I did find one interesting thing about this, Doug, is uh, Mike Madigan is the Democratic honcho of the 13th Ward in the city of Chicago, and uh, either 10 or 12 internships through at ComEd were supposed to go to uh, residents of that ward each year. And it sounds like, you know, people like Mr. McLean were just urging folks within the hierarchy of ComEd to make sure that was happening. That's kind of an interesting twist. That's an interesting twist. It was also uh, uh, takes up a quite a bit of space in this indictment, uh, just the uh, back and forth uh, uh, be, between uh, McLean and the, the utility about ensuring we're going to get uh, uh, spaces for these interns in the, uh, these, uh, in the ComEd internship program and, uh, you know, how many spots uh, the 13th Ward is going to get. And, uh, you know, there's allegations in there that uh, um, not all of the interns that were referred from the uh, um, Madigan's 13th Ward that met the qualifications, but they were brought into the thing anyway. Uh, it, it just seems to me that there was a whole lot of attention paid to this uh, uh, internship program, which probably under most circumstances, people would uh, not give a second thought to. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, I will say that, uh, of course, the Speaker Madigan statement, which I, is either the same or similar to when he put out earlier uh, this this summer, when uh, the House was, you know, had a committee formed at the behest of Republicans in, in the House to look into if he had uh, acted unbecoming a legislator, le legislator and should be disciplined in some way. You know, he's like, uh, part of it is there's this alleged conspiracy that we're trying to influence him in his official capacity to do something with legislation he would not otherwise have done. Let me be clear, if if that ever attempt ever happened, it was never made known to me. If it had been known to me, it would have been profoundly unwelcome, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so very, very strong denial. And he has said all along he wants to be speaker again, which is a position he's held all but two years since 1983. However, uh, on Thursday morning, uh, we found out that three state representatives, Jonathan Carroll, Sam Yingling, and Will Gazzardi, uh, all uh, Gazzardi's from Chicago, Carroll and Yingling are from the suburbs. Uh, they are Democrats who now add up to, what is it, 15 in the House who say that they will not be voting for Madigan for Speaker. That would seem to indicate, unless something changes, that we're going to get a new Speaker in January. What do, what do you think? Well, uh couple thoughts on that is, one, yes, there have been uh, 15 people who have said that uh, they won't vote for the speaker again. And uh, that would put him with uh, fewer than the 60 votes he would need to get uh, reelected. Uh, the thing is, the vote hasn't happened yet. And, uh, um, you know, you always, in, in cases like this, have to see if uh, uh, these people will follow through on their uh, threat to withhold their votes. Uh, uh, things can change sometimes, and sometimes when it comes right down to uh, your vote on the line, uh, are you for them or against them, uh, sometimes people waver a little bit. But uh, and I'm not suggesting any individual of the group so far would do that. I'm just saying that that's uh, always a possibility. Yeah, well, we will, we will see. Um, yeah, and we know uh, some other representatives also have said just in the last week that, you know, they're not with them. I, I think representatives Conroy, Gable, uh, Moeller, and Will and Williams. So, uh, it, it's 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 a really interesting time in Illinois politics. There have been these giant 
leadership battles that have taken, in some cases, dozens of votes, either in the House or Senate, way in the past, uh, previous to Speaker uh, Madigan being there when I think Speaker Redmond was named, and I think when Tom Hines was named president of the Senate. If anybody like you or me, Doug, is old enough to remember any of those people. So, uh, <laughs> on we go. Um, it's, uh, well, you know, just uh, one other point to make, though, on this whole thing about whether Madigan should be deposed. Uh, the the next General Assembly is the one that's going to be dealing with uh, the new maps because they're going to have the census out and uh, they'll be charged with drawing new district boundaries uh, for the state. And, you know, the, the it might give some of these people pause. Uh, Madigan's been doing that for a long time and uh, he, he's very skilled at doing maps that, that um, advantage the Democratic Party. Uh, you don't know... Uh, you know, do you want to cut uh, that kind of experience loose at this particular time, uh, despite the the problems that he's facing right now? There's also a question of who's the heir apparent uh, to Madigan, or whether he leaves voluntarily or is ousted. Uh, there's always the danger that there uh, the the caucus could devolve into various factions, uh, with no one having sufficient votes to get elected, and uh, could be a, leave a lot of uh, uh, bad feelings going forward. Okay. Uh, I know there was also a news conference with some uh, Republicans, uh, uh, leadership, uh, including Jim Durkin in the in the House, uh, basically calling for Madigan to resign, saying that you know he must not be there anymore. We were right, um, and of course they're pointing out that Republicans use Madigan against a lot of Democrats, and will clearly do so again if he's there. Uh, do those does that significant minority in the House, even, even though they gained a couple seats or at least a seat? Uh, in this election, um, is that just noise right now, or does that have any effect on anything? Well, I I don't know. I haven't noticed that the Democrats uh, uh, readily heed the advice that comes from the Republican side of the the chamber, uh, not very often anyway. So um, they can they can say what they want to. That that's their and their job as a minority party is to do this sort of thing, uh, hold news conferences and and um, make demands, uh, but uh, I think the Democrats are going to be going their own route to whatever direction that may be with or without Madigan. Okay, and I, I guess the uh, uh, I guess the number of seats may have changed from what was originally thought because John Cabello, who is from the Rockford area, uh, ended up getting beat by not too many votes. Um, and uh, up, up in Northern Illinois, so uh, another Democratic seat is there. So I think Democrats are going to have 73 instead of the current 74, if I'm correct. That's that's the way it looks right now. Uh, last uh, I'd seen anything about that race, uh, he lost by less than 300 votes and he was weighing whether or not to have uh, 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 try a recount. Um, right. But that's and, a lot of votes. I just have to, to say, I'm sorry? I was just going to say that's a fair number of votes to overcome in the legislative district race, but, uh, you know, uh, we'll see. Right. And everybody's got a story. And my little one on John Cabello is just how interesting it was that he proposed, I don't know, a year or two ago, a, a bill that would have all elected officials in Illinois wear body cams at all times so that you could catch them if they are making uh, improper deals. And I asked him in the, on the state house floor when I was in the press box one day if he was serious about that. And he told me he was. But needless to say, that bill didn't pass and it would be perhaps slightly oppressive, but I'm not sure, especially to like <laughs> township officials. So... There's enough trouble going to the grocery store now when people are asking you questions uh, when you're in elected office. So who knows? Uh, speaking of people not wanting government to intrude, um, mitigations have hit 
uh, across the state again. The governor has imposed, uh, I guess, what is it, level three or whatever uh, mitigations because of COVID that continues to be a very serious problem in Illinois and filling up hospitals downstate and in Chicago. Doug, uh, what's the latest on that? And is there any light there before Thanksgiving? Uh, there doesn't appear to be. Uh, just a few minutes before we uh, started taping this uh, uh, this podcast, uh, the state came out with their newest uh, COVID figures. There's another 14,612 uh, cases of uh, the virus reported today. So uh, I believe that's another uh, new daily record, uh, 168 deaths. Uh, it's, wow. it's all going the wrong direction. Yeah, that, that's very difficult. Um, there's, and, you know, there are still pending lawsuits. Uh, Raylene Grishow is a uh, judge in Springfield who has ruled against some businesses who tried to not be closed down by Sangamon County, for example, taking away food service licenses because they weren't enforcing mask rules. Uh, there are, I believe, uh, another 10 cases or so that have been combined and will come before her businesses seeking not to be told to close or restrict operations too much by the state. Um, and a lot of it is led by Tom DeVore, who's a, a lawyer going around the state uh, telling businesses just, just to open, it'll be fine. In some cases, I believe. Um, but in some cases, there are fines and people are having to fight it and we'll see what happens because, and the governor is pleading. And then uh, the governor also got quite emotional this week because um, somebody posted a picture on, that even made it into some um, internet newspapers uh, with, with a spin, uh, basically saying that a, a, a table loaded with a bunch of people, clearly not uh, distanced enough, uh, included his daughter. His office made it clear she was not there, and it still made it in the rounds of the internet, and he was livid. Uh, he was indeed, and uh, the the premise of this thing was that uh, there were more people at this table than were allowed under the rules, and uh, uh, the people who are circulating this uh, were saying, once again, you know, the governor and his family don't have to live by the rules the rest of us do. Uh, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the governor's daughter wasn't in the picture. Uh, the governor's office put out a statement to that effect saying, look, uh, you know, she's not even in this photograph. That's did not stop people from continuing to circulate it, including apparently a lawmaker. Uh, it is, um, yeah, you know, Pritzker was uh, angry because he said, you, you can take your shots at me, but leave the family out of it. And that's always been the way it's been, or uh, uh, as long as I can remember for any politician, you leave the politician's family out of it and uh, direct your criticisms at the, the person who's in a position to, to make the policy. And uh, it's, I guess, a sign of uh, how coarse the political discourse has become that uh, that's not considered something to, to follow anymore. Right. Um, and also during the week, there were some uh, state reps, uh, including Avery Bourne uh, of uh, South of Springfield and Dave Severin from Southern Illinois and Dan Calkins from uh, Decatur area calling for a special session to get lawmaker input into, um, you know, what the governor is doing in response to COVID. Of course, these are three Republicans in the minority in the, in the House. Uh, any effect there, or are we likely to see lawmakers in Springfield or meeting in any way en masse until after the start of the year? Uh, I don't think there's any way that they're going to meet uh, before uh, the new year starts. 
uh, Pritzker noted uh, uh, the other day that uh, uh, the House had a chance to vote on a measure that would allow them to meet remotely. The Senate approved that idea. Uh, the House did not, and uh, was largely because of Republican opposition to the uh, uh, to that concept. They said that people should be meeting. Well, you know, if you if you meet, first of all, you have to uh, adhere to the uh, distancing protocols and what have you. So they can't meet in the House chamber uh, very effectively. And uh, uh, you know, uh, you have people from all over the state coming to Springfield then to. Uh, to hold the session that increases the risk of transmission because uh, <clears throat> again uh, different areas of the state have different uh, uh, um, degrees of the spread of the the virus it's it, you know the, the the leaders don't want to do it because not only does it put uh, the lawmakers at potential risk but the staffers who actually make the place go would have to be uh, uh, working here and and potentially exposed to it and they don't want to do that either gotcha well Pearls of wisdom from Doug Finke, uh, and we love those and are looking forward to some more. But uh, yes, the, the the rumors are true. D Doug and I have uh, agreed to accept a Gannett offered uh, buyout. So the um, fight, we both got really gray hair and uh, will be uh, working through uh, very early December. We will have another podcast, though, where a little reminiscing will take place. For now, we'll leave legislators and others to uh, continue to try to deal with the problems of the state as we watch. So uh, we will hear from you next week. Uh, th this podcast, uh, you can subscribe to this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher for Doug Finke at the State House who is really fun to talk with at all times. I'm Bernie Schoenberg. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week.